I didn't feel the need to, you know, bump my chest and, you know, scream and yell. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people play the game in different ways, and a lot of people have a lot of passion for the game. And I felt like for me, always being that person that was even tempered, you don't know what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, right. what's about to come at you next. <laughs> and I think that worked out in my favor, um, sure. especially in late game situations. Turn on the AC. Look at Audio Mathis. It's the first official episode, and I decided to have a conversation about my life and career as a basketball athlete and artist. I thought it would be unfair to many, including myself, to ask anyone to support me in this podcast without giving my story first. The silent assassin strikes in many ways, this one coming from deep. While an hour cannot give you the complete story, it can and will give you a good deal talking with my sister, friend, and soon-to-be doctor, Holly Bernard, who's a dope auntie herself. This episode features a myriad of topics, including why and how the auntie's collection came about, who Audie Mathis is, my hair story with basketball, and some guests that'll blow you away when you turn on the AC. But before we lose ball dive into the story, I want to let you know you will hear me clear my voice a few times during conversation. As you know, I'm new to this talking for a long time thing <laughs> and I really didn't realize the power of water or any other beverage for that matter when speaking for a long period of time so in the first half bear with me but most definitely enjoy all right so again thank you for asking me to do this today um yes, I do think yes. it's necessary for people to hear your story um and the many stories that really made you who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the questions that many people are probably going to ask or many people are wondering, you touched on it in your first episode, um, but what are you planning to accomplish with this podcast? And like, if you could walk us through the creation process, like where was your headspace? What exactly were your goals when you sat down and said, this is what I'm going to do? For me, the auntie's collection came about um, as I reflected back just thinking about my life and career as a basketball player and what all it has taught me and all the great experiences that I was able to be a part of. And me recently becoming an aunt to my niece, Aria Mathis, who's just turned two years old about two months ago. I really wanted to just leave something for her to, as she grows into a woman, to make things a little bit easier. It was big for me to have uh, some Black women in my life that shape who I am today. What better way to um, shape and mold the the people coming up behind me than to have a collection of cool women sharing their stories and their experiences as pertain to sports? In my opinion, I think some of the coolest people out there are your people who play sports. Definitely. Like how how cool is it <laughs> to say you had an aunt or a mom or 
uh, even a dad or someone who played in the NBA or WNBA or went overseas or played at, you know, UConn. Like that's, right. that's some right. that's some cool stuff. And so I wanted to just have a, a space to celebrate the historical things that these women have done to relive those glory days, you know, big shots, big performances, big games, but also give advice, tips and tools and um, those other parts that a lot of people don't want to talk about, whether that be injuries or dealing with losses or not playing as much, transferring, whatever it is. I want to talk about the obstacles along with it. So really creating a space to celebrate women and empower women and do it with love and do it with positivity. And that's what really came out um, from this and why I want to do it and why it's important to me. Yeah, because a lot of people don't have that insight. Um, So you are an aunt. Do you plan on... (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Do you plan on like having segments or having episodes in which you highlight your life as an aunt, how that's changed you or what you feel your role is in her life outside of sports? Um, I don't want to focus on my role as an aunt outside of this episode. You know, it's going to be focused <laughs> on all the women and what they're doing and, and how great and impactful and successful they, they've been to um, not only the people that they love, but the people that love them. Right. So. I mean, women are the backbone of the world. So Listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, I know that you're working on some other projects, um, Mm -hmm. but everybody else does not. What other fields do you plan to tap into? I'm currently writing. I'm writing a book or books. Depends on how uh, it turns (laughs) out, Um, but I'm definitely writing a book. I want to um, be able to share more of my story that I don't think you can really grasp um, from a 30-minute or hour-long interview, but really get the, the backstory of, you know, how I came to become the person that I am. Some of the things that I went through growing up um, in Louisville, playing basketball, having a two-bread household, being poor, being gay, um, being a woman, just tapping into all of those factors and how they shaped me into being who I am. So being an author is something that's um, very, very high on my um, to-do list and things that I'm currently doing. So For sure. I would love to have both this and also the written part of it where you merge those together to be able to have two forms and ways in which I can you can hear my voice Um, I'm definitely excited about that right now um, I've known that over the last couple years you've been kind of putting things in motion you've mentioned wanting to be an author in conversations that we've had Mm -hmm. so between that the podcast and just everything that you have going on right now why now why why now? You've been removed from basketball for mm-hmm. a couple years now. What makes the <laughs> <laughs> what makes the timing? Um, uh, what motivated you to do this right now? Um, basketball consumed so much of my life, so much of my time. Um, it wasn't until I was done playing when I was about 24, 25 years old that I even was able to explore some of the things that I like and enjoyed. And that's what the process after basketball has been. And, you know, day by day, month by month, year by year, I've been finding a little bit more of myself and what I actually like to do, what makes me happy and some things that I'm passionate about. Um, I love basketball, but these other things is bringing out a different part of me that I didn't even know exist. And so right now, it just kind of just it just it just kind of happened. Um, it was an idea or a thought and then it, it 
you know, turned into, okay, maybe this can be something good. And it was like, oh, okay, I got a good message. I got something that I really want to do and it speaks to my spirit. So I'm going to go for it. I'm going to attack it. And that's just happened to be happening right now. It could have happened two years ago if I, if that was my journey and what led me to this, or it could have been five years from now, but um, it just so happened to be that all, everything has come together at this uh, moment in time. And <clears throat> I'm happy that I'm able to find something that brings me pure joy like this. A lot of people talk about, you know, you're doing something right. Or, you know, you're probably going to be successful in something when you are okay with doing it without getting paid or right. getting paid a lot. And with writing in this, I'm just like, I feel that way. And right. it's the first time I felt this way about any job or any situation I've been in. Like, I'll write this book, you know, if I wasn't getting paid for it because right. I want my story to be told. I want somebody right. to be able to take something from it. I want this right. collection of women that I speak to and not just women, people that I speak to, to be able to positively impact somebody else. So if I'm not getting paid for it, that's okay with me too. So with that right there, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm in my purpose and I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I feel that nobody can tell your story better than you can. Yeah. Um, so I think that between all of the things that you've been through and the talents that you're collecting, even as you're evolving and getting older and stepping into a new decade, as crazy mm -hmm. as it's been, um, I think that honestly, there's no time like now. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that since basketball was such a big part of your life, you didn't really have time to explore other talents or other interests because mm -hmm. it is a job, especially when you get to college. Yeah. Um, did you feel prepared to kind of transition out of the sport? I don't. I don't feel like <clears throat> I was prepared and it's not anybody else's fault. I, I needed to prepare myself. I was good in basketball and of course it's from work and practice, um, but it's also You're great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it also came from, you know, talent and, you know, some things coming easily at the end of the day. And so I kind of floated and coasted and didn't really grasp what it would be like once it was all over. Right. And once it all was over, I was not prepared. I was nowhere near prepared. I wasn't financially prepared. I wasn't mentally prepared. I wasn't um, spiritually prepared. Mm. Took, what, four, five years to start finding some things that I really enjoy. I don't think that's long because a lot of people never get to find it. Mm. And so... I'm happy that I've been able to find it and came into this space of peace and positivity and love in my life to be able to have an idea like this right. and ready to act on it. Um, right. Something that can be impactful and important to a lot of people. We are going to come back to your college and <laughs> professional experience. But yeah. um, before we do, who is Audia Mathis? Like, what are your core values? What do you want women to pick up from you and your story? Um, Man, um, that's a good question. And who I know Adia Mathis to be is someone at the end of the day is resilient. Um, I just feel like regardless of what my circumstances was or what was stacked against me or what was in my favor, I just found ways to just keep going and keep moving along. And that's a big thing that <clears throat> I hope anybody that's listening is able to take from it, to not give up, to persevere, to be consistent, to be resilient in the face of any adversity, um, whether things are going great or whether things are going horribly. 
to just keep on keeping on. And as you see, you leave my leave my my place. Yeah, on, the on the door. It says love always. <laughs> Every time anybody leave out the house, um, include myself, you're gonna see love always. And right. To know that that's something that you should you should live by. To me, um, another one that another uh, one of the core values that I live by is class. I feel that in order to become successful or be successful, you have to present yourself in a way in which people want to be around you. Right. They want to be associated right. with you. You know, you can't be belligerent. You just can't be vulgar. You can't be nasty. You have to be someone that people want to be around, have some style, have some grace. Right. And have some class. And, and awareness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the last thing is inquisitiveness. I think that you have to stay curious mm-hmm. about everything. The moment that you think you got all the answers and you figured it all out and you know it all is the moment that I feel things will start going downhill. Right. You don't know. Badu said it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think just being able to be inquisitive, be curious, to question, to always want to gain knowledge, to always want to become smarter and more intelligent and to know more. I think that's something everybody should embody, that you should never stop. Those are the things I try to live by and I try to embody in my day-to-day, everyday life. Okay. Well, coupled with your resilience, um, a lot of people have referred to you as humble, mm-hmm. uh, silent assassin. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, well, first off, um, it's difficult to say that those terms suit you, but mm-hmm. I think that the silent assassin comes from when you're playing a basketball game. I don't know if you realize this, but you have no <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> I wouldn't At know all. until I watched some film um, of myself. I'm like, oh, I, 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 watched, <laughs> I watched a clip and the most that the fans got was a fist bump. <laughs> so, there wasn't a smile. Yeah. There wasn't a scream. Yeah. It's like bucket, get back on defense. Um, and I do think that that speaks to one, you are humble, but two, your resilience because it's, it's go time all the time. And I think a lot of black women carry those traits Naturally, we mm-hmm. kind of have to be on go. Yep. Um, if the play breaks down, it's up to the black woman to get us back right. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, would you define yourself as a silent assassin? <laughs> or would you would you clean up the terms a little bit? Um, no, I actually like the silent assassin. <laughs> um, I didn't feel the need to, you know, bump my chest and, you know, scream and yell. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people play the game in different ways, and a lot of people have a lot of passion for the game. And I felt like for me, always being that person that was even-tempered, you don't know what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what's about to come at you next. (laughs) And I think that worked out in my favor, um, especially in late-game situations. I definitely love the name, The Southern Assassin. Um, Fitting, for sure. I I, I love it. I embody it. I'm thankful that someone (laughs) thought of me when they came up with that nickname. Do you think uh, there's any specific moments in your life that kind of molded you into that silent assassin? Is there is there anything that sticks out that kind of made you feel like this is how I have to be? Or was this just natural all along? There's a couple of things that I think that uh, attributed to me becoming or being a silent as I am. Um, one you know, back in the day, they used to, when you're younger, they always talk about don't speak to strangers. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. <laughs> don't speak to strangers. And then I was in daycare, and there was um, this pr- 
program or something that they set up to, you know, show kids how easy it would be to get kidnapped if you're talking to strangers right. and you kidnapped. So, um, when at the data care, it probably was them, yeah. <laughs> and so I was one of those kids that actually kind of went, you know what I'm saying? And then it was like, oh, you see, that's why you don't go strange. So that in and of itself is just right. like, Traumatizing. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I ain't talking to none. I ain't talking to nobody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that was one thing that came up that I forgot. Kind of forgot about. Um, the second part was, um, I'm the youngest of three. I had an older brother and older sister, and then of course my parents live in the household. And when you're the youngest, you don't really get heard that much. You know, you're right. less less wise right. than the one who's <laughs> right. you know, the low and so supposed to be seen and not heard. Yeah. I'm just in the background. <laughs> so I think that played a role into me just being naturally quiet um and more reserved. And then also I feel that when you are quiet, why are you able to see how people act and interact as their natural selves? Right. You become a fly on the wall. So I know for me growing up, I, I know it's important um to have good relationships and friendships with people because if you you get caught up with one or two of the mm-hmm. wrong people, your your path and your opportunities to right. success and getting out of what I call the matrix of global, it drastically declines. Right. And so you have to be intentional with who you 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 spending your time with. Um, and so I felt that, okay, if I'm able to see who you are as you actually naturally act in, you know, when you're around me, whether it be in school or outside, then I can determine hey, I want to be around this person. Right. I want to be around this person. I'm cool with this person. Do I, you cuss too much. I, you smoke too much. You're right. you doing stuff that I don't want to engage in. Right. And so I think that attributes to um, <clears throat> the part of me being quiet. And probably one more thing is um, I never was the best small talker, so I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> I just really didn't know what to say to like break the ice. That was never my strong suit. It's kind of like... Hey, uh, how's How the weather? It? Yeah, and I'm just like, just what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so I was that person. So I think it's a, um, a plethora of things that kind of attribute to me being as quiet as I am. But it's not because I'm rude, I'm stuck <laughs> up, or you know, any other thing. It's just something that's just my character and personality. Right. Um. So before we move into basketball related stuff, I did mm-hmm. want to ask. And as a teacher, I always I cherish this first piece that my kids write because it tells me a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first pieces that my students write every single year is about their most influential person. And I show them examples. I show them the example that I wrote, which is obviously about my father. And then I show them my father's example because he talks about his biological father and his stepfather. Okay. Um, if you had to say or if you had to list or if you had to describe who are the most influential people in mm-hmm. your life? Oh, man, that is a great question, too. Um, so uh, I'm not the person that really had role models or things like that growing up or people I just really, really looked up to. Um, but naturally, my family, um, they're influential. They have to be because that's who I spent a lot of my time around. So whether it was positive or negative, uh, my family was going to be have some influence in who I am. Um, but outside of my family, there's three people that um, impacted me. And the first one is Deion Chandler, um, who is my high school, high school assistant coach at Iroquois High School. Um, she came there when I was a freshman. That was her first year. It was actually my fourth year, right. my freshman right. year, right, <laughs> when she came along. And I, I kind of like didn't want her to be there because I had all black, <laughs> we had all black male coaches. That's all the right. coaches that I had growing up. 
and you know in a locker room they just can't come in the locker room because they men and we right. women so right. you know what i'm saying we have some privacy yeah, space, space to yeah. do some things but when she came along we no longer had it so <laughs> i was just like man why she got you know kind of come here but she was actually probably the biggest blessing in my life in my basketball playing career um she played collegiate basketball mm -hmm. and all the men that coached me they did not and so it took a black woman who played collegiate basketball for benedict and, you know, she was able to teach me shell drill, how to really maximize pump fakes, head fakes and how to create space and really taught me how to play the game of basketball. We could hoop. Right. But clearly plant. <laughs> <laughs> she was so important into my um, evolution, but also being able to witness her um, and how she became um, such a phenomenal woman. Um, she has a doctorate. And I was there, like, being her aide and assistant as she was going through get her master's. And, like, being able to watch that in real time, a black woman who already attained what I want to attain. She was just a blessing that came into my life. Right. Um, the next person would be Aletha Fields, which was my high school English teacher my junior year and also my poetry teacher at Iroquois High School. Um, and she, she taught me that it was okay to be black. It was okay to be a woman. It was okay um, to be gay. She really just just showed me what love was in a, a different space where I, I didn't really get before. Um, she used to say a couple of things to us, a couple of phrases. One was, you can be young, but you don't have to be stupid. Right. And I think too often people talk about, oh, I was young and dumb and, you know, I made this decision. But at the end of the day, when you're in high school, you know right from wrong. Right. And it's on you to make the right decision and do the right things. She would just reiterate, you can be young, but you don't got to be stupid. And I internalized that, which I wanted to be more. And then she also just preached about being uncommon. Right. Don't be like everybody else. Strive to be uncommon. I still hold that to this day. I don't want to do the same things that everybody's doing. In my English class, my junior year, we read The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Mm. And for her to break that story down and what so many, all these similes, metaphors, and all this stuff means and what beauty looks like to people, like to be able to get that lesson and story right. in high school was very impactful for me. Um, a lot of people probably didn't internalize it the way I did, but I took it and I'm just like, okay, it's more, more tool being a black woman and growing up and becoming an adult than I think right now. So right. I was able to get that from her and I'm so thankful um, for that from her and her just being authentic. Um, and the last one is Coach Elsie, uh, which is my assistant college coach at UK for my first three years. Um, coach Elsie, just she just you just see her being so so classy and showing you um, how to navigate in the in the sports world and being um, um, a lady who who is able to impact a lot of lives and do it with such just directness and, and love. And a lot of people don't know, like, our summer after you graduate is right to school. And right. we're doing 6 a.m. workouts, weights, summer classes where everybody else is just chilling and partying at their graduate high school. We already working. Right. And so my parents and my family, I was they was only able to send me off to school with maybe 20 to $40. Um, and so as an athlete, you're able to get a check for being a um, scholarship athlete. Um but that check don't come in as soon as you touch ground on right. the school campus. You got paperwork, you got other stuff you got to do. And so after a few days, I didn't have any money to even feed myself when I was on campus when I first got there. And Coach Elsie gave me $60 um, to last until I got that check. Of course, I had to pay her back, and she made sure she said that. But 
to be able to have somebody who cares and looks out and nobody wants to be off at school away from your family and stuff and not even have money to eat. Right. But that was my situation. And she was able to come in and just, you know, help me out in the time in which I needed it. Um, and so I'm forever thankful for her. She did so many things for us as women. Those three women, Deion Chandler, Aletha Fields, and Kyra Elsie, um, definitely um, are my influential people. Ooh, it's getting good, ain't it? <laughs> it is halftime, though. So that means it's time to review the game plan and make the necessary adjustments. So for the second half, we're going to go one for a flat and talk about my basketball story. But I'm going to save the story for the next episode. Give you a moment to catch your breath. So turn up your speakers and enjoy my mood music on your way out. I love you. Love always. A1 out. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they want to be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they want to be now. Take care of my kids. Just hopped off the plane. About to fuck up the game. Insane in the brain. Yeah, niggas know my name. Yeah. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. Yeah. What about 